0: Hello beautiful humans, I'm Zach, and
1: I'm Austin,
0: and And this this is The Human vibe. Vibe. Hello, hello. Hey, hello. happy Friday. Yes, einen wunderschönen Freitag. Uh,
1: Deutsch. <laughs> Guten Freitag. <laughs> Educating the children. What's up, y'all? Yes, oh hello. Oh, my goodness. Hello, hello. It's good to be
0: here with you. Just sending you so much love. Yes, wherever you are, if you are in the car, if you're at work, if you're working remotely, in the wh- shower, wherever you are. We are just sending you so much love and all the good energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today is going to be a continuation. Um, so really quickly, for those of you who might be first uh, timers.
1: Right. First timers. That's right.
0: I'm Zach. I'm Austin. And we are two engaged guys living abroad with our um, little miniature Dachshund schnitzel, a.k.a. the head of our fan club. A.k.a. His Royal Highness. Mr. Sass. Yes. (laughs) So we were living in Indiana and decided in early 2021 to take a leap of faith. And we decided that we would live in a different country every three months. Mm -hmm. And so we started off with Ireland. We lived in Cork. Um, Go back to the beginning of this podcast and listen, hear all about it. Um, But we are currently living in Italy. Mm -hmm. Ciao. That's right. And in our last episode, we talked about the transition of going from Ireland to Italy. And so if you haven't listened to those, um, they are available wherever you're listening to this. So make sure to go back and uh, give us a little listen.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue into what today's conversation is about, which is a little more
0: heartfelt, a little more real, a little more down in the dirt about it all. Absolutely. Yeah. And we love telling the stories about, you know, living abroad and kind of giving you all Um, you know kind of like a play-by-play but sometimes it's good to do a session where we sit back and we look back at you know what we've gone through so Mm -hmm. far and kind of kind of work through it yeah talk through it
1: absolutely it's like our own little therapy that we share and it is it is like bits and pieces of advice and again I think we're two humans that just come from a place of love and love you for listening love each other love the communities we're a part of and a lot of our growth stems from
0: that i would say absolutely yeah we we want to be like very you know it's funny because we listen to other podcasts and i think Mm -hmm. one of the things i've noticed about podcasts that i i personally enjoy um, is where the presenter is just really real with you yeah and it feels like you're sitting there with them having a conversation. I really enjoy that. So that's what today is going to be all about. Cool. Um, we will go through some questions that some of you have actually asked us. Um, and, uh, we have a social media partner, the overseas dream will link, um, their account information in this episode description. Um, but recently they posed a couple questions to us about some of our Uh, podcast episodes about culture shock and just being an LGBTQ plus couple, um, abroad about microaggressions. And so we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what we've been going through personally. Mm -hmm. So we've told you the details of driving on the other side of the road in Ireland, or, you know, giving you a bit of a culinary tour of Southwest, uh, Ireland, but we've also been going through a lot of things like personally. Um, And so we want to share some of that with you. Yeah,
1: and that's what this conversation is about. So before we dive into the mushy-gushy parts of all of it, um, again, the overseas dream, something we've come to find out while living abroad is connecting with other expats or folks who work remotely or who also have that same vision and dream of us of exploring and cultural, um, just, just living life. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on Instagram, it's called The Overseas Dream. Definitely hit them up. They have a lot of wonderful insight. They connect with a lot of wonderful people um, and also connect with us. On Instagram, Zach and Austin, Zach with an H. And our podcast is... Underscore the human vibe, underscore. That's what's up. Check it out.
0: Absolutely. And follow us wherever you're listening. We really, really appreciate that as Ooh, well. Oh,
1: yes. Hit us with some stars,
0: five stars, <laughs> preferably, but hit us with some stars. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I think if we're having this conversation, we should probably start like right back at the beginning. We mm-hmm. should talk about mm-hmm. prior to even leaving the US, how things really were. Um, because I mean, let's be really honest, a couple living in the United States doesn't just randomly one day for no reason just be like, okay, let's just sell all of our stuff right?" and let's move abroad. Usually there's some sort of uh, a catalyst for that.
1: Yeah, a snowball effect of things that were happening in our lives that really led to that defining moment for us to make that decision.
0: Yeah, and we do talk about some of it in the first episode, but mm-hmm. I think we should dive in a little bit deeper because truthfully... Over the past, you know, few months, I think a lot of these things we've had to work out. And when yeah. you move abroad, it really brings a lot of things to the surface that you mm-hmm. have to address. And I yeah. think that happened with us, you know. So, I mean, for you personally, what was, what was going on emotionally, um, you know, with you before we left? Be- before we left? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Um... I think that's a really good question. I mean, I was keeping myself constantly busy because I was working two jobs up from 8 a.m. till 1 a.m. almost every day. Yeah. So it didn't give me really time to sit back and think about what was happening. I was just constantly on go. I was constantly, I mean, it was hard for me to live in the now because I was always thinking about
0: the months of leaving schnitzel the plane being there Yeah. well i mean even before that before we knew we were coming to europe emotionally what was going on in our lives well what let me let me turn that question it might help me if you answer that first sure sure yeah i think for me um i was just at a place where i'd done a lot of career changes so Uh and it's really interesting i think that this is is really big with our generation um i think there's such a pressure To be quote unquote successful, yeah. Um, but successful in the way that I think society deems like appropriate. So, for example, like having the right job title or going and getting your master's degree. I think, even as you know, millennials, it's wild that we were all kind of herded from high school into college into like a four year college, and that's Mm -hmm. the truth. We all
1: were facts,
0: but it was also the same when we were in college that the question was always, are you going to grad school? And I, yeah, think- that was always, you're right. That was very encouraged and very talked. about. Oh yeah. Cause, and you think about, it, I mean, that's, that's not to say anything about people who go on and they get their, their, you know, their, PhD or a master's degree. That's amazing. That's impressive. But I think that again, a lot of the pressure comes from feeling like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to be successful and happy. Mm -hmm. That is the path from the moment that I graduated college. That is the path I was on. And I think for years, I spent a lot of time and investment in different career paths that ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think made me happy. I mean, I worked for some amazing organizations and I did some really amazing things but I think that you know really the five years leading up to right before we made this decision a lot of that time was spent chasing other people's happiness or the idea Mm. of happiness that was that is true yeah I remember
1: those conversations being had of like in in and what's interesting though at the root of it was always when you started to make those career changes, you were like, "Will this get me to Germany. I think doing this will, will propel me toward that. And you would start it and you know, and you accomplished a lot. I mean, getting your front end certification is wizardry magic that I still don't understand how you did it. <laughs> but after doing it, you're like, you know, this is not what I want. I'm not going to force your star peg shape into a round hole i think for so many times we are trained and molded and sanded to be these round pegs that fit into this cog of the workforce that of what we were told to do what is expected of us that rat
0: race or um yeah no you're absolutely right yeah and that's exactly where i was i you're right i mean it's interesting because I've talked with so many people, um, that I either went to school with, uh, or studied abroad with. And a lot of them have told me, yeah, like my passion was this, but I had, I needed to do something more. So I went and I got my uh, master's degree in like finance or something like that. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, like they're, and honestly, they're just not happy and and they've been very honest about that. And I think there are probably people who are listening to this who, you know, there's always an excuse to keep yourself somewhere where you're not happy. Right. And I think the most dangerous excuse is, but things could always be worse. Mm. That is mm. the, I think probably one of the greatest deterrents of people actually fulfilling their dreams is saying, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, I would love to do X, Y, Z, but things are, things are Okay. Yeah. and they could always be worse or i could i you know there are people out there who have it a lot worse than i do so i should just stay where i'm at
1: or yeah, or they say like in x amount of years i'll have this sort of benefit from doing it and making themselves miserable for you know 8 10 12 years of of
0: staying in in one career path oh oh my gosh that is a huge one right there you know if you're somebody who is sitting there saying you know maybe in 5 years after i work in this job long enough and I have the right title long enough, then I'll be happy. That's a, a chasing a mirage. Mm-hmm. That's chasing a mm-hmm. mirage because the truth is, is you, you have to chase your happiness, not a fake idea. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was doing that. Yeah. And I was miserable. And I remember like it got to a point there where I would no joke. I would just be in tears. I would have yeah. so much anxiety mm-hmm. because I just didn't feel happy. And I would come to you and say, I, I just don't know what to do. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Yeah. You know, and you're absolutely right. It's weird that you said that about, you know, anything that I did, I was always like, well, and then we'll go to Germany or and then we'll go to Europe. Mm-hmm. It was always I'll do this and then we'll go to Europe. But it's just it was never good enough. You yeah.
1: Know? Which goes back to the if not now. When. When. Absolutely. yeah. And I think a lot of people find themselves in that and. I feel very fortunate to be where I am doing what I'm doing now because I absolutely love it. And for some people, that round peg shape, it works for them and they find happiness in it. Absolutely. But we're not all like that. Definitely not.
0: We're not. And so this, I guess now that goes to the question of, so what were some things that we each personally wanted to accomplish emotionally um, by leaving the U.S.? So I think... We got to a place where we said, you know what, could we feasibly live abroad? And the answer was yes. Now, did that mean mm. it was gonna be easy? No, that didn't mean oh, that. No, not, not at
1: all. all. <laughs> even even in our excitement, there were moments where we had to like you were like, Let's bring it down, let's bring it down, or I you would have this sort of excitement. I'd be like, All right, a balance of being excited and chasing that happiness, but also having realistic expectations for for what that is, and not to put those expectations on yourself. Yeah. Because you'll you'll fail yourself. You'll right. only hurt you if if these expectations, these grandiose ideas or thoughts that you're gonna be this type of person when it happens, or
0: in five years you'll feel this sort of way about your job, yeah, isn't, isn't guaranteed. Yeah, you know, and and this is like I think one of the big things that we've both learned is we've learned how important it is to be adaptable when it comes to fulfilling your dream, mm. because you may say. Um, You might be someone living in the Midwest and you say, you know what? My dream is to, I don't know, have my own business, but it needs to be exactly this way. And and this is how it's going to look. And this is when I'm going to do it. I think when we start planning too much, that is like a Mm self-saboteur, you know, when we in our mind say it has to be exactly this way. If you talk to any great like entrepreneur or like someone like Oprah Winfrey, You look at her journey into becoming who she is Mm -hmm. and someone like Glennon Doyle, the same thing that, you know, for her, she's like, I thought my happiness was marrying this man and having children and having a house. And I thought, you know what, then I'll be happy. And she wasn't, you know, it wasn't until she really made a bold decision to come out, um, for who she is. And then she fell in love with her wife and now they're incredibly happy. yeah. And it's like with yeah. Oprah, yeah. you know, she didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to be the most famous talk show host. And that's the only thing that's going to work. I'm not going to go and do anything else. No, she worked at a bunch of different jobs. She put in the grind, you know, and her dream came true and here she is, you know, and I think for us, that was one of the things that I had as like a very, um, I think it was kind of a toxic mindset was In my mind, there was no adaptability. Mm. It has to be this way or no way, you know? And so when I got rid of that mindset, then I think for me, when we left the US, I really did want to start analyzing like, okay, what are some of the mindsets that I've had that have really like sabotaged me? Um, And I think it was like probably decades of a lot of things, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, I don't want to say trained, but
1: trained to be on a set schedule trained to time is is forced you are supposed to be doing things at places um
0: conformity yeah yeah, we're trained to to conform Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. really are and it's weird so i that is something i would challenge you like if you're sitting there sitting there listening to this conversation i would definitely challenge you to think like of ways that maybe you've conformed. Like we all conform. Right? We uh, all true. conform. True. <laughs> right? Even you, even you with your outgoing extroverted self, like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. still, we both do, you know? Oh yeah.
1: Like I, I think many of times, especially when we first started dating that I was, had such a, just finding who I was and my worth and my happiness and my energy, what, like, what, what that journey of finding what that is. Um, found myself just kind of conforming to different ideas and people I was around, and um, again, what success meant. And when we first started dating, I kept saying like I needed to have this sort of title, and I needed to have like a business card to be successful. And these are the things that I wanted because I was trained and instilled that this is what I am supposed to do to be. To be happy. That, that's yeah. where my happiness is going to come from. Yeah. It's when I'm making X amount of dollars at this sort of company with this sort of title. And that was just putting so much pressure and expectation on myself that I was just failing. I was failing myself.
0: Yeah. And that I was in the exact same boat. And I think right. a lot of people are in that boat, mm. you know, and so... You're not alone. Not at all. Not at all. And I think when we, when we moved to Ireland, mm. right away... I noticed how and you could you could speak to this a lot better than I can hmm. and I'd love to know your perspective because you work every almost every single day with people in the United N- States. Yeah. Um but when I moved to Ireland it was like I was reminded very quickly about how living in a hi- very hyper consumer society like the u.s Mm. um and then going to a place like ireland where i i would say it's a lot less you know hyper consumerism especially in a place like cork than the u.s you know i think making the move immediately showed both of us whoa like we've been living there's a reason why we were so anxious all the time (laughs) seriously it
1: really makes sense everyone is in the united states is always on the go 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 and I'm. I'm. You say you just said hyper capitalist society, and in my head I was thinking, well, the United States is a hyper tech society as well, and I think in a weird way, in this this example, there's a correlation and they go hand in hand. From the fact of wanting um, to be able to call somebody and get customer service right then and there, to be able to get help um, that you that your situation and your need trumps everyone else's that you, you know, Uber eats and, and Uber, and just having these sort of things at your, at your, literally your palm. Yeah. Your disposal, get, you're just Constant, constantly disposal. answer, yeah. uh, uh, hyperstimulation, 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 fix this, do this. Um, I, I mean, everyone knows the Karen memes and it's, you know, that mindset I it may exist here in, in Italy where we are now, and and obviously exist
0: in all countries. It, it exists almost everywhere, absolutely. However,
1: y- when we were in Ireland, you could just—I mean, it took a minute. It took some weeks of, and I even said earlier I was constantly like doing something from eight a.m. to. 8 a.m to 1 a.m constantly always thinking ahead what am I doing to the next to the next to the next to the next I need to, I need this house I need this mortgage I need to just constant we're constantly around that in the United States so to have moments here in Ireland where it was just like existing and you know even Ireland similar to the United states not exactly of course compared to you know, some other European countries, but still to peel back those layers of it's okay to take time that you are truly a person first, a person who does work, but you need to put yourself first. And when you enter cultures and communities that believe that it's, you know, who it, walked yeah. the walk.
0: Yeah. It's like a burden lifted off your shoulders and, and, Because it's a two-edged sword. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing where in the United States, more and more people are talking about mental health awareness, which I love. A lot of people, companies are like, oh, you, you know, take your PTO, you know use it, whatever. Obviously that needs to be something across the board that everybody has. Everybody should have PTO. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, facts. but I think what's different is we have to understand that then when you allow everybody in society to have that, it does cut back on convenience. Right. So here's an example, like in Ireland, almost every restaurant is closed either on Monday or Tuesday. They always have a day of the week that they're always closed. Yeah. In the United States, you Upheaval. rarely see that. Maybe it, Chick-fil-A on a Sunday.
1: Uh, Chick-fil-A on Sunday. If the Chili's was closed on a Wednesday, you watch all the Karens come to your parking <laughs> lot. In between, <laughs> They ain't going to park between the yellow lines. They're going to take up two spots and throw a fit. Right. And it's, it's it's that.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's the same thing in Germany. In Germany, almost every business on Sunday, unless you have a special permission, almost every regular businesses closed on Sunday and in Italy, everything closes at like noon or 1 PM, like mm-hmm. everything and then reopens later in the afternoon. Every maybe right now, this oh. is a long story and I'll go about it, but I'll talk more about this in the future. But, um, I recently got my phone stolen long story, Oh, story, but I've been trying to go through getting that through customs and, Let me just tell you, like working with some of these Italian government agencies, they're only open from like nine until noon or one. And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) It's wild. One thing I do miss about the United States is that (laughs) at least there is a schedule and that schedule is
1: online and it makes sense. It's not just like, like so many times, this restaurant says it's open. Walk past, it's not. And it's open. closed.
0: Yes, they will randomly close at any time. When we went to check into our hotel recently, you know, last week we went and stayed somewhere. When we went to check in, the reception was supposed to be open until seven p.m. But they like were like six fifteen. We're leaving at one. You know, check yourself in. in. <laughs> of course, it adds some stress. But then I
1: also take it that double edged sword. It's the double-edged it gives. Sword. It gives. Yeah. I know that these people and these humans are treated. Well, yeah, they receive PTO. In, in a lot of countries in Europe, it's auto, it's automatic. Again, that's another story for another day. Um, but we could just feel the how important it was to be a part of your community that homes were built in a way for you to be outside and sidewalks are made to be walked to go to places, not just to walk around a pond.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like the communities are built to keep people together rather than exactly. keep everybody separate. Mm-hmm. So I think these were things in the physical and just things everyday things that we experienced as Americans living in Europe and I think for us though that began to unpeel some of those emotional layers you were talking about before where mm-hmm, yeah. I think for a long time we were both just so stressed. Uh it took me for it took me weeks and weeks and weeks to get over the mindset that I had to answer every single text. I had to answer any email that came in. Like the truth is, if it's not a hundred percent like important, d- you don't need to stress about it right away. Exactly. I will get to you. I promise. Exactly. I love you and I care about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think that as Americans, we are so used to that 24 hour news cycle culture, you know, like. It's interesting. I've been reading a lot of uh, social philosophy lately. Um, (laughs) Okay. And I recently uh, came across um, this report, and it was really interesting. It was from, like, nineteen eighty, the 80s, like, 85, I believe. And it was a prediction by a couple of researchers. um, I think they were from Chicago. And they talked about how the 24-hour news cycle and the instant gratification, like, the 24-hour... Um, never sleeping city and and the, mm-hmm. you know, I can go to Walmart any time of the night. Oh my gosh. That right. that culture, even in the eighties, a lot of people were starting to realize how it was changing the way that we thought the way that our brains, you know, could no longer focus on, on tasks or things as long. It was already beginning to affect people mm. and these studies, these like very, early studies on all of this, um, you know, they talked about that. And so I find it just so interesting that here we are in 2021 and moving to Europe immediately. We were, it was like, we were detoxing in a weird way. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Would you say that? Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to say detoxing from, from all of it. Uh, -uh. it was just, And, and I think in a way we had knowing we were even before we knew we were leaving, like the expectation, I wouldn't say maybe before the pandemic of like having to hang out with people that if you weren't like responding to people that it was some sort of way. Um, And when you weren't making yourself available, then you weren't like of, of service.
0: Yeah. I think there's a difference. Like obviously if somebody texts me and they need some information from me, if it's time sensitive, I'll respond. But if it's not, you know, I might be in the middle of something. And I think that what it really comes down to is I feel like in the U.S. when we are on this constant, I want convenience and I want it now mindset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've literally been to restaurants with people who sit there and are impatient because they think that the waiter or waitress hasn't come to them quick enough. And it's like, it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. They're going to come. You know, it's going to be okay. (laughs) I was going to
1: say that's a good segue. It teaches you how to... Then when you don't receive it, just understand and process through it because that that takes a second. You because again we're like trained, and the service is a great one to be like, oh, why aren't they here yet? Like it's been four minutes. Why haven't they gotten my drink? Like we're all just naturally told to do that. I mean, I worked at a I remember working at a place where they're like within two minutes of them sitting down, you need to like reach their table. Yeah, true. Child, no, boo. They get to it when I get to, like I used to say that sometimes serving. I was like. If I could feel if people were just gonna be like rude, I'm like, just so you know, I'm a European server. And if you need anything, just look over at me and give me something. I'll come over.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, because
1: I need, it was like, I don't wanna teach them a lesson, but I was like, uh, you ain't gonna come in here sideways like that. No, nah, I'm gonna teach you a lesson patience today. Patience
0: is a virtue. Oh my gosh,
1: I've said that so many times. I wanna learn that. I wanna tattoo that on my body in so many different languages <laughs> and just point at it. Like, we're in the grocery (laughs) store standing in line, and people are just freaking out, and I'm, like,
0: pointing at my form. Oh, and we've learned that in Italy. Oh, my goodness. Going to the grocery store, I mean, it's very normal to sit and wait in line for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. No joke. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think even in Ireland, it's like you learn really quickly. Hey, you know what? it's going to happen. You need a little patience. You know what I mean? And I think really at the end of the day, the truth is, is that a culture that is so demanding like that, it erodes any sense of grace that we have for others and for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's a brush
1: of breath of fresh air. When I have conversations professionally where people are like, no, it's okay. Like, it's you'll, you'll get to it yeah. and because uh, i give people the exact same thing of course there are red flags and things that need worked on things that are like kind of time sensitive that's life yeah but like respect my weekend respect my time respect my space as a human and i'll out and through love and in that respect that i'm given it's you're gonna get right back and i know that to be a fact and it's People in the United States can say that, but until you truly are outside of that, or you're only surrounded by people who are not like that, you truly understand what that means.
0: Yeah. It's the only way you you can understand what that truly, truly means. Absolutely. And I think when we talked about culture shock, we did a previous episode on culture shock um, and the overseas dream contacted us about that. They asked us, you know, about the nuances of, of experiencing culture shock. And I think one of the biggest things it helped me to realize was I didn't have a lot of grace for myself. Mm. And in the US, I think that I was beating myself up constantly because I wasn't, I don't know, delivering the things that I thought I should be delivering in order to be quote unquote successful. Right. I guess, I guess that's what it is. But what you were told to, I mean, we have children like in elementary school who are having severe panic attacks and anxiety because you Know they feel like they've messed something up or whatever, that's really sad. Yeah, there's no grace because you know what to learn to grow, you have to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you need you have to, and if you have no grace for yourself, all of those little things will just be like things that cripple you. Yeah, and you know, and I think that I mean, that's the one thing that I would say, like, if if somebody asks me, hey. What do you recommend that I focus on emotionally before I move abroad if if that's something you want to do? Um, I would say you need to really give yourself grace. Really be yes. patient with yourself.
1: Be okay with mistakes. Yes. Be yes. okay with learning from your experiences. You're not going to necessarily get it on the first try. And for us, we planned and prepped and planned and prepped and planned and prepped. Every single situation, the what good things that could happen. What are the w- absolute worst things that are can happen? What are we gonna do from that? And still,
0: bringing up things still th- came things up. Things still came yeah, up, and absolutely. and it
1: happens, and it's it's a huge life lesson of you know being flexible, yeah, being patient with yourself, yeah. Look at yourself in your rearview mirror right now, or in your phone camera, and literally, literally, it's such a good practice to say like, I'm grateful for who I am. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for waking up every day and being able to just love. I know that sounds so hippy-dippy, but it's so true. It's such a good mantra. It really, really it is. is.
0: No, it, it really is because, um, and here's this, so here's some like really, really blunt honesty with you, with all of you. Um, I think that we're talking a lot about this, like giving yourself grace because when you don't have grace, you can't work through a lot of the things that have been holding you back. So right before those cycles, exactly. We all have those cycles. We all go through our
1: own vicious cycle. It's the
0: self-saboteur, you know, Mm -hmm. mama Mm -hmm. RuPaul talks about, you know, self-saboteur. That's who it is. It's the, it is the part of you that is not able to grow because you're not allowing yourself to grow because you're so hyper focused Mm. on what you did wrong or what you don't have. Um, before we left, we actually, we were going to Austin sister's wedding and I was driving in Columbus, Ohio, and it was like a really, really busy highway. And I had probably the most severe panic attack yeah. I've ever had. Like I was blacking out. We had to pull off to the side of the road. Yeah, really um, and the reason why is there was just a lot going on with my family. There was just a lot going on in life. And I think that was a moment when this, saboteur of not giving myself grace and not allowing myself to grow and to heal, it, it just crippled me. And so I couldn't even bring myself to go to the wedding. And that's something that I'm really sad about. And I'm really sorry about. Um, and that's, this is all some really blunt truth with y'all, like really blunt truth, um, because that's the power of the saboteur, you know? And I think looking back on that moment, it's like, I think moving abroad really did allow me to come to that realization that whoa Zach. like you're not healing from some of these things because you're not allowing yourself mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know and so that's yeah. been really big for me that's been a really yeah. powerful personal journey and um you know because at the end of the day it's amazing yeah we yeah. people always say like you're your greatest enemy sometimes and that's so true because you know, even being gay, like even just being a gay person, mm. it's. I I I heard something actually just recently, and it was like Gus Kenworthy, who's like what the, Olimp- say? the Olympic skier. What he say? <laughs> what he has say? So I saw this like clip um, where he was talking to that one guy, Colton, who just came out, Colton Underwood. I think is I his have, full name. I, I feel bad. I think Sorry. that's his government name. I don't. I don't know, <laughs> but I I saw this little clip where. Gus talks about how a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community that we really emphasize and we really work on empathy because we spent so much time in our lives, like hating ourselves Mm -hmm. and sabotaging ourselves and being scared that people wouldn't, would never love us. And when you're, when you believe that nobody can love you, you probably don't love yourself. Oh yeah. When you,
1: yeah, you put on this mask. How, how can you truly have empathy if you are not true to yourself? It's, it's impossible it's impossible
0: yeah and and i think yeah and what he said was he was like you know people in the lgbtq plus community that we really value empathy and love because it was the thing that we missed out on you know a lot of us if you had a hard coming out experience i mean that was the moment of your life where you needed empathy the mm-hmm. most and you and love and, and if you have a parent you know and i went through this um if you have a parent who basically tells you you know you're wrong or you know it's sinful or whatever it is that they say um it's just that moment where you you really start to question love and the nature of love and empathy and so i think for us like being an lgbtq plus couple and living abroad and really going through a lot of these things it's like wow i didn't realize how many years of my life and all of that self-hatred it really brought me to this like breaking point. And I think before we decided to move abroad, in a weird way, it was like I came to a point in my life where it's like I had to start asking myself a lot of really hard questions about like my happiness and everything. And I think deciding to live in Europe um and just live abroad has been wonderful because it has taught me grace. It has taught me I can do hard things to quote Glennon Doyle Mm -hmm.
1: to (laughs) slow down to whenever you aren't focused
0: on the now and the
1: next and the now and the next, you can focus on the points of parts of yourself that need to heal. And we even had this conversation the other night that like, it's always important to reflect and grow from those reflections and, and to understand why you struggle with something or why you may have, um, uh, these, these triggers in your life, and being able to to kind of remove those distractions, especially being in the United States, allowed you to really focus on them. And, and I've seen so much emotional growth in the last five months, not only from myself, but it's and- you know, little steps up the ladder, but I've seen you just take so many leaps of faith in your life and in your growth, in your journey. It's been really beautiful to watch. Oh, thank um, you. No, you're welcome. Aww. I love, you. I love you too. It's really, you. it's I really incredible you. to see you overcome, you know, demons that in, in our you know, almost five years of being together to see, to know your struggles as a as a person to your upbringing to to what you've struggled with as an adult and to really focus on them and to give yourself grace and to love yourself and to practice truly loving yourself and you know for some gay people and i think a situation for you they spend so many years of their lives with this mask on you know we're all and especially for millennials and and even for gen z and i think we're moving toward a a more queer inclusive at least in the united states if y'all need to google some what's happening in the world to gay people because in like italy hungary the it's just gay rights of gay people are just being taken away side note y'all y'all should see that
0: but of the lgbtq plus community
1: yeah yeah exactly and as gay people as you know people in that community growing up we are kind of forced to be straight or put on this straight presentation so you forced start
0: to conform just like what we were saying Bam, to full circle yeah so absolutely. to see you make these strides is is really beautiful yeah and I think you know living abroad is a catalyst I think for change in a very quick way mm, and ooh, I think real quick truly because you know what like I heard for so long especially when you're a teenager people are like you need to not care about what people think of you okay That is so much easier said than done when, when people say things like that, where they're like, you need to just not care what other people think of you. It's like, but I live in a culture where I'm forced to conform. It's like when you have a parent who's homophobic who tells you, you just need to not care about what people think. But at the same time, if I ever came out to you, you wouldn't love me anymore. Right. If I, you know, went to an alumni mixer with at college and I said, I work, you know, as a dishwasher or whatever it is. Yeah. And everybody just gives you a look like, oh, mm, mm-hmm. they
1: immediately place judgment on you before you can even present right. the character of your person
0: first, and yeah. that's so sad. But I think living abroad, you're immediately a foreigner. You're you don't speak the language. You know, yeah. You're immediately displaced. You, you are. are immediately the outlier in the yeah community, and being in that survival mode when you are a foreigner. The last thing that you care about is, oh, this woman's looking at me because, you know, I'm dressed in a different way, you know, or somebody, you tell them what you do for a living and they don't think that that's like good enough. You you don't care about that stuff yeah. anymore. There you're like, you I'm just, just trying to dust get my to groceries. Off your,
1: hello, dust the dirt <laughs> off your shoulders. If you going to stare at me, I'll either look
0: away or I'm going to stare back because and straight up, I'll just stare back. You have become such a powerful advocate for yourself. I have noticed. I think mm-hmm. one of the things I have seen you do is you have become such a, like, very vocal advocate for yourself and for us and for mm-hmm. me. Oh, thank you. Even in public places, even in among people who don't even you don't speak the language with or whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, as I mean, <laughs> all machinists aside, like as my best friend, as my partner, doing this with me, I feel incredibly. Protective of your energy, protective of your space for schnitzel. And even in the United States, I think that was something I struggled with in early parts of our relationship is understanding what that was, taking myself out of my own pride, really learning from a lot of terrible, angry places that I came from, and to really have those hard conversations with myself, try to have those hard conversations with my family, and, you know, maybe the the latter having it with my family hasn't moved and progressed in places that I need for it right now but that doesn't mean I don't love unconditionally and hope and and manifest and pray that that they find this sense of I don't want to say awakening because that makes it sound like this oh ah, the curtain is drawn sort of moment but just they feel it in their heart and they understand that hey this is, this is what true empathy looks like. This is what it means to stand strong in in your beliefs from a place of love. Because you can stand strong in your beliefs, but if it comes and has any hatred in it or any um, uh, rejection
0: of somebody else based on any yeah, and a lot of times that comes from rejection of self. Like a lot of times, mm, people mm, mm. like let's be honest, really, really religious people. Um, and I could talk about this because y'all, I mean, I, I may have to do give you guys the backstory of like my growing up experience because it was like one of those Ooh. pray the gay way, speaking in tongues, casting out demons kind of situation. Uh, he's not,
1: y'all, <laughs> you say it so lightly, but y'all, he ain't joking. No joke. The but, stories. But I
0: think even with when you live in a very religious environment and religious mm-hmm. mindset, it's like you are constantly of the belief that you're never doing Enough, And that you're not good enough and that you always have to work toward some sort of idea of perfection. And it's like, the truth is, is if I had to say what the human vibe is, it's empathy. Hmm. When you meet somebody, no matter Mm -hmm. what background, no matter where they're from, and you meet them and immediately you feel this love and respect, no matter how different you are. Yeah. That is love. That is empathy. Yeah. You know, and, and I think one of the coolest things I heard, and I can't remember who said it, but somebody said the beginning of empathy starts with the belief that you might not be right. Ooh. So if you have a preconceived notion that, well, this is how people, you know, who are of this religion should act. This is how a person from this country should speak. This is how somebody living in my country should talk. It's like the moment that you think, well, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe somebody else has a different perspective. That's Mm -hmm. where empathy can start. Mm -hmm. And I think living abroad for us, being an LGBTQ plus couple, you know. Oh, yeah. Experiencing empathy from foreigners, experiencing empathy from people in the United States, experiencing empathy from ourselves, for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That I think for us, like in the past five months, I think that's the thing that I've learned. You know, mm. truly mm. it's it's and I'm still growing and we're still learning and we're still, you know, adapting. Oh, my gosh. And, every day. But in these last
1: five months, it's it's been, um, you know, sink or swim and things that be were issues in our relationship, things that were issues for ourselves in the United States no longer hold weight or merit because we've worked through them or be it's not truly an issue that we experience now in our everyday, of course, people's issues and their feelings matter to them. Mm. But I think we've learned how to be empathetic to ourselves and to one another and, and truly try to be empathetic to the communities we live in and in the conversations we have. And, you know, I mean, traveling as an LGBTQ plus couple is there are moments where it feels kind of dangerous. and scary. Yeah. Scary. scary. Sure. It's, I, you know it, it in no way relates to what it's like to be a person of color in the united states that experience is its own i also think though being gay and traveling in certain places has that same sort of weight of fear of looking around your shoulder of yeah because you don't understand you don't know how, exactly. how they're going to react you don't exactly know,
0: right yeah um so now that we're getting toward the end of this episode, I think I would really like to kind of address some questions that we've got from people um, in our life. And one of them, Ooh. yes. And and I think one of them would be like talking about, um, you know, like tips that we would have for you, like if you're not moving abroad, right? I mean, how could you go through something similar? And obviously we're talking from the perspective of a couple, but I think just as a, as individuals, oh yeah, one of the tips that I would say is like, really ask yourself if you're a quality over quantity kind of person mm. or if it's the opposite. Mm. Mm. Um, and I know that's really deep. <laughs> it's yeah. deep for a Friday, but I think that's the one thing that I suddenly realize is like, especially in a hyper consumer environment, a lot of our things are like qu- uh, quantity over quality, yes. whether it's the relationships that we have or the things that we say or the things that we do. It's like, It doesn't matter, you know, if you're happy or not. It's like if it looks like you've got a lot of things and that you're doing a lot of things. And you're doing
1: a lot of things that, that exactly, if you're staying busy, if you are surrounded by people or you're in these exotic places or you have all these cars or you have this sort of do-da-da.
0: Right. I mean, that could be part of your happiness, doing those things could be. Of course. But I'm saying from the perspective of somebody who might be kind of where I was before Mm. of just feeling stressed, feeling not happy, having this aching voice in the back of your head that says, what if constantly, Yeah. what if you just did this? What if you just stopped? What if you just quit? Like, what if you just left this job Mm -hmm. that you're miserable in? What if you just told this person that you were hurt by the truth? It's like, those are moments where we start thinking about quality, Mm. our quality time, you know? getting, I haven't had a phone now for almost a month. And let me just tell you something right now. It's actually been one of the best things for me. So when I get a new phone, I'm going to be really mindful about my time. Because again, it's like the quality of the things that we do, the quality of the energy that we invest in ourselves. Oh, yes. I love that.
1: The quality of the energy you invest in yourself. It, It goes back to, you know, look at yourself in your rear view mirror right now, or find your reflection, or just even speak out loud and say that you're grateful for what you have, who you are, who you are, who you, who you are becoming. Yes. Continuing to say that you are not done growing. You're not, you never stop. And I've, you know, there are these, um, videos or not, maybe not in videos, conversations that they ask people on their deathbed, like, what is something you wish you've done? And I think, you know, a lot of them are like based around like traveling. I wish I would have done this, but it's just taking that leap of faith. I wish I would have tried something different. I wish I wouldn't have just stuck in my job for 40 years because it was convenient. I wish I wouldn't have this. Um, and I think those
0: are really powerful. And it is scary. I mean, we're not going to. Oh, my it. gosh. Yeah, it is scary. Yeah. But if you have an aching voice in the back of your head that maybe for years, months, weeks, I don't know, has been sitting there and, and saying, you know what? This is something I think I really want to try. It's like, why not do it? One of our very dear friends, shout out to our beloved Heather, recently um, made a career change, made a life, a life change and just talking with her about that. Yes. it, it, It was scary and it is scary. And you know what, if, you know, you have to go through it and then you say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me and let me just keep on, you know, and go try something else. Let me try something new. You know, I think at a certain point, like the worst thing that you can do is nothing.
1: Mm. Yeah. You
0: know. Stagnant. Yeah. And not taking um, you know, taking a leap. Like I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, what if we wouldn't have done this? We would still be, you know, back in Indy. Back in probably in the same apartment. Probably doing the same thing we would did do we did day Finding in and day like a
1: vicious cycle. Yep. Those those cycles that we found ourselves in all the time. The the arguments, the the again, those Things from the past that now just don't seem like issues for us and they aren't, and we've overcome them when we've grown. I mean, <laughs> living abroad for almost six months really just, you were in the sunshine, the rain, the warmth. You are growing like a weed real quick. you the tallest dandelion in the field <laughs> for real.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, I think it, people would also say, though, you know, you guys have gone through hard things as well. You know, I just said that I got my phone stolen, which again will be on a podcast episode and we'll talk about that in yeah. detail. Oh, it was wild. But the thing is is that it's still so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's still worth it to live abroad. I would do this to over, chase your dreams. Again, over to and over. quit your
1: job if you're miserable. Yeah. To yeah. it's okay to question and it's okay to talk about the things you question. It's okay to say To approach your partner and say, I'm really questioning these things right now. I'm coming to you as a human with love and
0: empathy to say, this is where I'm at. Can we talk about it? Yeah. I mean, remember the beginning of empathy starts with maybe I'm not right. Maybe I'm Mm. not right. Maybe you've been telling yourself a lie like, oh, I can do this job for two more years. Oh, I can do this for, we're not promised tomorrow. Like, truthfully, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next year. We're not promised five years from now. So, you, again, it's like chasing a mirage, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But I would just encourage you, like, whoever you are, wherever you are, just to sit back and ask yourself, you know, if there are certain things, no matter how big, no matter how small, if there are things that you've always wanted to do, always wanted to try, always wanted to experience you know, but there's something else holding you back. Maybe it's, this is the time to have empathy for yourself and question. Maybe I'm not right. Yeah. Maybe I've been convinced of something that's actually not the truth. Like our friend who made that big leap of faith was like, you know what? I'm going to lose health insurance. And for a lot of people that is so scary. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, it's really, really important, but you never know what could happen. You, the company that she goes and works for could, you know, next week, say we're offering health insurance now. Right. It's like, so I would just say, you know, definitely have that conversation with yourself, have grace for Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're stressed out, um, if you feel overworked, if you feel overstressed, it's like, make sure that you remember to have some of that quality time, Mm -hmm. you know, with yourself. Mm -hmm. That you don't always. Just the same way
1: the Italians close at one and open back up at four 30, Maybe. Take that time. That is, it's so important.
0: Yeah. It's just like the Irish, they, a business owner might think, yeah, I could make a couple thousand dollars by keeping myself open on a Monday or a Tuesday. But you know what? At the end of the day, we understand that when we give others empathy and we give give ourselves empathy, that that makes people happy, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the reason why I love living in Europe is because I do think that Culturally, there's a bit of a better, you know, work-life balance. Yeah, in all of it, you know,
1: it makes sense why some of the happiest countries are
0: in this oh. on this continent. On this continent, <laughs> on this <laughs> little
1: little continent, it so many happy people.
0: Yeah, it is true. It's there's something different. And a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are listening have probably traveled to Europe before, and they're like, yeah, it just has a different quality of life. It's just it's different. Yeah, yeah it absolutely, it is. It. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I know this Uh, was a lot. This is very emotionally. Let's take a deep breath in. (sighs) Yes. Take some time for yourself.
1: Take some time for those who you truly love and who love you. Yes. And, and continue on this life. Continue kicking butt.
0: Absolutely. You're doing amazing. You are. Have grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay to have a day where you cancel all of your plans. It's okay to have a day where you sit and read, or maybe you don't accomplish every single thing on your list. You know, they'll get done. Make sure that you get them done, but it's like, it's okay to take time for yourself,
1: Mm -hmm. time for yourself. And it's okay on the, on the opposite end to show up. Sometimes you need to tell yourself if I have a lot of meetings to show up and you know what at the end of it You know that in your heart that you showed up and did your best and that's just as powerful
0: Yeah, there are certain things within your realm of control and there are certain things that you can't control And so I think that's again that whole quality over quantity Figure out what are the things you can control and control them? um, But then also realize you need to have grace for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know but anyway thank you all I love having these kinds of conversations it is like therapy It it is yes
1: and we I mean this is how we normally talk so it's nice to be able to share it with y'all so just um, remember to chase your happiness and thanks for vibing with us yes bye y'all